This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Damasaurus, Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. But because it's that special time of the month, we're also going to give some love to our You Can Get It level sponsors because they also can get it. And they are Courtney, Jose, AJ, Gwen, Rickety Cricket. I'm not making that up, Paige. Rickety yeah. Cricket is a $25 You Can Get It level sponsor. Christina, Lisa, Andrew, Jessica, Irene, Tia, Laura, Rick. Jennifer, Jenny, Ashley, Richie, Casey, Lauren, Daisy, keep up the good work, Asia, Christina, Jennifer, Chris, and Veronica. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community where we chat and talk daily with people in the Facebook group and Discord servers. So think about joining it. Did did the presence of multiple trucks upset you in this film? Honestly, no. I was just super turned on most of the time. I think you mean cranked. (laughs) 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 Crank is no horror film because I've heard it's a great movie. You've never seen Crank? Never seen Crank. (laughs) Crank is fucking nuts. I love it. But I do know because I've heard people talk about it that at the end of the first Crank, he's like falling through the sky because he jumps out of a plane and he calls like a loved one. And at the beginning of the second Crank, like you see the other side of that phone call and she can't hear anything because it's all just like... Which to me is it's so hilarious. Great. First off, Cranked High Voltage might be the best sequel of a film. Yes. Not many films are better than the original. Godfather Part 2. <laughs> so fucking crazy. Cranked High Voltage. Because they bring him back to life after falling out of the plane and he has to electrocute himself every 20 minutes to keep his heart beating. Yes. And the like the villains, one of them is just like a disembodied head floating in a tank. I can't wait until we start. Can we get you P words a podcast? Can I get any of you cunts a movie? <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Can I- <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made us watch... Zombieland. So I'm assuming this is not the first time you've seen this movie. So what was your first experience with Zombieland, guys? I saw it in theaters. Oh, wow. Okay. So you saw it uh, when it came out in like 2009? Yep. Okay. What were your first thoughts when you saw it in 2009? Well, it was, this was like the crest of the zombie wave. Like it was, zombies were getting super popular and this came out and then Walking Dead came out not long after it. Yeah, I saw this film at a time when I already had Shaun of the Dead in my life. Okay, (laughs) so your zombie comedy horror itch had been scratched, had been scratched. And I remember everyone I knew was like, Paige is going to fucking love this movie. Well, that's fair because you probably loved Shaun of the Dead. I mean, I know you did. We just did that movie. So like if I was a friend of yours, I'd be like, hey, zombie comedy. She loves Shaun of the Dead, which is the last big zombie comedy. There's no way she's not going to love this. And I didn't hate it. (laughs) But is is it safe to say you didn't love it, Paige? Yeah, but 
it's not it's not because it's a bad movie like there's nothing wrong with it let me put it that way like I don't have a ton of criticism of this movie it just didn't grab me the way that a zombie grabs someone to like eat them are you saying that <laughs> like the zombies this movie is soulless Ooh, um that is a little bit of what it is for me hang on Paige can we just take a beat and really just consider how deep that was for Mikey <laughs> That's insane. Well done, Mikey. <laughs> well done. But that, that is accurate. Thanks, guys. And watching it, you're welcome. Watching it again, I think I was really able to put my finger on that as why I kind of am not as attached to this movie as I am sure. Shaun of the Dead. I remember when I saw it in theaters thinking it was way too long to the point where when I went to go watch it again, I was like, I got to block out like two hours for this shit. It's 87 minutes. It's 87 minutes. <laughs> my mind was blown. And it doesn't have a pacing problem either. So like, no, it doesn't. I don't know why I remembered it being too long, but I remember being in the theater being like, when is this shit going to be over? Like, wow. Okay. Really just not connected. And watching it this time, I realized why. And it's because it is a very, very slick. This is a studio movie. Very 100%. much. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there are some things about that that I love, like the rules that pop up. I love the rules. Even when they're not talking about them. Like when yes. he pulls his muscle jumping off of that van, he destroys Woody Harrelson's character. And then he's like, oh, I think I pulled something. And then the, the limber up shows up right there behind him and then falls off. That shit makes it look slick. But I love that stuff. No, no, I think I think you're right. The, the stylized parts of it are like the best parts. Yeah. Yes. The rules absolutely work for me the slow-mo zombie kills worked for me too man those were cool Mm -hmm. those are very cool it is gorier than i remember but i was very okay with that but what struck me this time is that there is not a likable character in the bunch you don't think zuckerberg is enjoyable or likable it wore so thin so fast i was like oh this is a huge reason of why i didn't like this movie i think (laughs) because you don't like following him And it's difficult to empathize with him or really anyone because everyone is this big blockbuster movie stereotype as opposed to Shaun of the Dead where everyone is very much just a normal person in an abnormal situation. Okay, that's fair. And I do think Shaun of the Dead, and maybe this is just because we've watched it so recently, so I feel like I can really do a good job of comparing the two. I feel like Shaun of the Dead has way more heart than this movie does. Absolutely. This movie has no heart. Yeah, this movie feels very like blockbuster formula. Like you meet two heroes, they meet damsels that then go into distress that they have to save. There's a kiss credits like that's this movie but i'm listen i understand that that formula works and when we talk box office we'll see how well it works but oh this movie is a huge hit and we'll talk about that but that's why i think it doesn't have as much heart as Shaun of the dead so i agree with that but mikey when was the first time you saw it i I mean i saw in theaters too and i'm gonna echo everything that Paige says is just that i i like the characters i hated that they barely interacted and like the best parts of the movie are like when they like woody harrelson and desi eisenberg's friendship is probably the most heartfelt part of the film yeah i agree and it's only because they spend five minutes maybe with them like doing like building on that and that's after the girls steal their car or i just mean like the whole movie is just repeatedly them getting together and splitting up and getting together and splitting up they should have got together split up maybe then got back together and then maybe had something they all had to work together to do 
not just the damsels in distress, Todd. Yeah, this always struck me as the studio, like big Hollywood being like, oh, I hear zombies are cool. Well, you can have a zombie movie, sure. Like that's how I always kind of felt about this is that it's not people who love zombie movies making it. It's the studio making it because they want to make money. I agree with all the things you said. This is my first time seeing it. I loved this movie. I thought it was it hilarious. Is funny, yeah. Todd. Yeah. There's a lot to really, really like about this movie. And we've talked about this on Romance in the Pod, but I can watch Woody Harrelson do anything and I'm going to laugh. Yeah. He's so charming. Yeah. And Zuckerberg, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. Jesse Eisenberg. I liked his character too because he's like this awkward nerd. And I sort of saw myself, especially at this time in my life, like in 2009, as sort of an awkward like nerd. But like I sort of, found a lot to enjoy with this movie i think had i not seen Shaun of the dead what was it two weeks ago well and then night of the creeps which is probably the best movie we've ever done on this podcast last week yeah. <laughs> um, i really do think i would have liked this movie a little bit more although i thoroughly found this movie watchable it was short it was paced pretty well and i'd definitely watch this again because it was funny and it was like right in my wheelhouse of like horror comedy that I actually enjoy watching on this podcast. This is like the one genre I enjoy. And we've seen during zombie month, three horror comedies. So I don't know how I got away with it, but we didn't watch any scary movies this month. And I'm so excited about that. It was a misfire, but I, (laughs) well, this the listeners picked for So listeners, thank you so much for going easy on me this month. But I think my major criticism with this and what, the studio did not get right about zombie films, which I hope you've gotten this now, is that like the zombies are not the interesting villains of those films. It's the how right. people are interacting with other survivors and people. And there is none of that in Zombieland. Like, yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh, kill a go- zombie, we're in danger. Kill a zombie, we're in za- danger. It's like the same, they just retrend the same thing every scene that there's action. It did sort of feel like there was going to be some of that when they first meet Emma Stone and her sister uh-huh. because of like the, oh, it was a con they like stole all their shit and that's like you know whatever and then they they go after them so i was like okay this is the part where they're going to be like okay humans are the actual bad thing about a zombie apocalypse but like no (laughs) it just did not go in that direction so i was i actually i haven't seen a lot of zombie movies so i wondered if it's just romero's zombie movies and those that were inspired by romero that focus on that sort of stuff and then maybe like this this whole other subset that don't focus on humans being the bad part of the zombie apocalypse. Not really, no. Yeah, so that's fair. That is just insight I wouldn't have because I've seen like seven zombie films in my life. So like, I I just Mm. don't know. But maybe we should just get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene as we go through it. Let's do it. Let's get into the movie. Oh, I'll cut it, Mikey. No, keep it. No cut. (laughs) (laughs) Only because this is going to come up in fun facts later. Uh, This movie was originally intended to be a television show. Oh, this would work way better as a television show. Uh, Some of the holdovers from this being a television pilot to being a movie uh, are the zombie kill of the week. Yeah. Originally, there would have been one every episode. I love that. Yeah. The studio basically optioned the idea, just bought it whole from the person who wrote it, handed it to a director who wanted to make the next Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. So it does like watch like a pi- like a long extended pilot. That's why there's not a lot of like development. Like it's like them meeting. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. It's setting the stage for the television show. Right. A comedy pilot like this is probably 21 pages long, which means that they would have had to quadruple the runtime. Yeah. They added a lot to this. But that's again why there isn't that much character development, because those characters would have at the end of this movie Now the show is them traveling as a group of four and that's the show, you know, or whatever. And so that's 
part of why if you want some explanation for kind of what's that going makes on. sense actually i 100 percent would like another zombie show i i mean i loved walking dead up until oh man the last few years and like i think there is room in the ethos for a zombie show i mean i definitely feel like there's a market for a good zombie show because there isn't a good zombie yeah. show on tv that we haven't had a good zombie show on tv for like seven or eight years yeah and and like something with this kind of tone would work better for me than i think walking dead just did a lot of missteps plot wise it's, an, it's a soap opera so we open on jesse eisenberg kind of narrating a bunch of shots of what looks to be the beginning of the zombie apocalypse and just kind of describing like, I wish I could tell you that this is America, but no, this is zombie land. Yeah. And it ends with a zombie burping, which is a weird choice because we've never seen a zombie really burp before necessarily. I mean, but you've seen them scarf down a lot of like meat and sometimes you got to burp. I've never seen a lot of things burp, but I assume they do. Yeah. The reason I bring it up, I, I don't hate it. I, I think it's a funny idea, but I think that's a studio note. Like they like they brought in a comedian to make things funny and then added that. I could be wrong. The zombie burps, we get the title card, and we then cut to essentially we meet Jesse Eisenberg at this point. Yeah. What are you meowing about? You have food. You have all the toys you could want. The doors are all open. Paige, it's fine. If they hear a meow, they hear a meow. Pussy man. <laughs> Finally says it. I can't believe McCready got Mikey to say the P word. I know. That doesn't count because it's about cats. No, it counts. Sure. I'm going to slow it down and make it sound so sexual too. Pussy. Uh, so <laughs> we meet Jesse Eisenberg. He's stopping at a rest stop to go to the bathroom. He's got a gun with him. And he starts talking about how I know I seem like an unlikely survivor, which I do like that. I like that he's not a jock. He's not someone you would expect to easily survive. He's not like an army dude. He He's a Barbara. Like, let's be real. <laughs> he's a Barbro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Barbro. You like that, Mikey? Mm -hmm. I thought you might. And he kind of takes us through rules and how they've helped him survive. I hate type A people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a type potentially on the spectrum person. <laughs> well, that makes the joke really backfire. Not in my favor. <laughs> how do you feel now, Mikey, with that knowledge? <laughs> Typing up my letter of resignation now. <laughs> there you go. His first rule is cardio, and we do get kind of a lame, fat, shamey joke as part of that first uh, rule. Yeah. Yeah. But also at the same time, I'm like, I don't run fast. So, <laughs> like, but that's why you barricade yourself in your house of homemade canned goods and cheeses. So, yeah. Everybody does what they got to do. And in all fairness, these are just his rules. These are not the rules, right? No, no, no. They're just his rules. No one else has these right. rules. And these rules change throughout the course of the movie. So I will say rule number two, double tap becomes a zombie thing. So like much like, you know, the things in George Romero's movies that stay in the zombie oeuvre. Yeah. OK, I didn't realize that double tap started here. Yeah, double tap starts here. Wow. OK, yeah. that's awesome. Good for them. But double tap's a good rule for all of horror. Well, and honestly, just like dating in general, you got to double tap it, Mikey. <laughs> That means you have to stay around. <laughs> <laughs> you could double tap it in one night. We don't want to send the wrong message. <laughs> what message would that be, Mikey? That he's willing to put in effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Mikey, you got to check yourself. There, I always double tap. You tap it and then you tap your feet to the car. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mikey's Mikey's double tap is tap it and tap out. <laughs> uh, so rule number three is beware of bathrooms. Now, this is something that like I have a friend who used to go see horror movies, and one time a woman in the audience, somebody ran into a bathroom to get away from like a slasher, and somebody in the audience stood up and went, "Don't go in the bathroom. They got those tiny windows." She was like, it was the most accurate heckle I'd ever heard. Because you're like, that's right. You can't get out of the bathroom windows. I know people who like hate it when people talk in movies, but I'm here for like a good spot on heckle. I, I mean, my favorite, and I think I've talked about it on the show, but I'll say it again. When I saw Paranormal Activity in theaters and at the very end when she is clearly possessed, someone stood up in the theater and just said, she needs Jesus. And it was the f- <laughs> fucking funniest thing. Completely broke the tension. I loved it. <laughs> so number four is seat belts because we get a flashback to a woman driving away from like a, a birthday party of all zombie demon girls. And she gets away, but then gets in a car accident and flies through the wind- windshield and dies anyway. Yeah. We then get kind of a montage of gore. And people running from zombies. And these this is where you get like some brutal kills, but it is all in slow-mo, yeah. which is pretty great. It's really stylized. I like it a lot. Very stylized. And and this kind of becomes the zombie comedy style moving forward, for better or worse. Yeah. This kind of slow-mo, blood spurting vomiting blood limbs flying like that that kind of almost like an action movie as opposed to a horror movie if that makes sense i because of the max Payne video games will always call this effect bullet time i will always call it that because that's what it feels like that video game made me cry same i was not expecting it man and it's way scarier than i thought it was gonna be oh it's so scary there were moments in that game in fact i don't think i finished playing it because i got so scared at points where he has the nightmare of his dead baby and he has to walk through the oh my god oh my god so Paige, it's an action game that invents bullet time before the matrix okay but the story is so like hard like emotional stuff and it's like all the action is him dealing with the murder of his son and wife can i be real with you i sobbed full out sobbed at the end of horizon zero dawn there's nothing wrong with that and todd get ready it might make you cry too i'm looking forward to crying when i finish it i guess probably <laughs> it has a, it has a lot to do with parents and family so oh, yeah probably shit i'm fucked yeah because the <laughs> final boss is a truck <laughs> What are you going to do? Fuck it. (laughs) After the montage of gore, we really kind of close in on Jesse Eisenberg trying to go to the bathroom at this this gas station. He opens the door. Can I point out during the flashback for the don't use the bathroom rule? The guy who's in the bathroom, we see later in a flashback of Emma Stone like and the ring scam, which I thought was great that they incorporated him in two scenes. Yeah, he's a famous... Like producer slash director, by the way. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. I didn't realize he was a producer. I I just thought he was like a character actor. No. So he's a famous screenwriter and he wrote School of Rock. His name is Mike White. What? He wrote School of Rock? He did write School of Rock. Yeah, he he wrote School of Rock and then he also has written... He wrote Orange County. He wrote The Good Girl. Jesus, this guy 
fucks movies, dude. And and he's in a lot of them. <laughs> well, good for him. Way to go, Mike White. I suspect, I strongly suspect he probably was either like one the of the punch-up pun- guy? Yeah, the punch-up guy or the rewrite <laughs> guy on this movie. Based upon those movies that he wrote, he is very funny and he's good at writing comedy. So that would not surprise me at all. So my other favorite is that he's like, this is Garland, Texas, and you might think it looks like a horrible wasteland, but that's just Garland. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, like this before the zombie outbreak. We also find out that people, this gives us an origin story for the zombie virus, which is also pretty rare within zombie movies to get a definite origin for the virus. Yes. A lot of other zombie movies are just like, it could have been this meteor, or it could have been this. It could have been Rage Monkeys. Could have been Rage Monkeys. Uh, and in this in this movie, we have a definite origin story, which is someone got effectively mad cow disease. It becomes mad yeah. person disease from a contaminated burger at a gas and go. Yeah. <laughs> which is, that's a great origin story. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm, I'm with it. And he talks about how he has no friends or close family. He plays it safe and follows the rules. He approaches the bathroom. A zombie jumps out. He shoots and ends up running from the zombie. And this is where we get some of the typography for the rules. It's so cool. I love the typography here. I do too. That's one of my favorite things that this movie does. It's something that, even though I, I feel like I don't connect well with this movie emotionally, stylistically. Yeah, I do too. The rules are great. Yeah. And him like running through the letters and stuff like that. Very fun. I really loved as he's doing the cardio around the parking lot to like gain some distance away from the zombies that are yes. chasing him so he can get in the car safely. It lights up and like yes. blinks at you. Yes. And yeah. then when he gets to the car, he like gets the keys out, tries and then drops them. And then he has to run another loop yes. <laughs> to get enough time to open the car. I thought that shit was so funny and then he gets back to the car and realizes it's been unlocked the whole time yeah (laughs) dumbass (laughs) he gets in the car and he doesn't follow rule 31 because it's implied that this is when he writes rule 31 yeah and rule 31 is check the back seat (laughs) always check the back seat (laughs) always check the back seat because there's a zombie in the back seat he crashes the car seat belts is the rule yeah well because the zombie goes through the windshield right yep yep and he does double tap all the yeah. zombies necessary, and then shits his pants. <laughs> it is heavily implied that there's a load in those pantaloons. Yep. Uh, and he talks about traveling light, and where he basically just has like one rolly suitcase. Which, by the way, somebody walking through a zombie wasteland with a rolly suitcase is hilarious. That is very funny. <laughs> I was very concerned he did not have another pair of jeans. That was like my first <laughs> thought when he was like, travel light and i see him with a small suitcase i was like i hope he has more pants well he had the rare zombie apocalypse experience of i think being safe in his house for a while long enough to pack okay that's fair but he just shit his britches so like i'm worried (laughs) that he doesn't have anything to change into yeah no i i just think that like when we see the suitcase in the next scene he probably does but he doesn't have like pants to spare right like he can't shit his pants every day they're not toilet paper. <laughs> I do love when they're at Bill Murray's house and he's like packing supplies. He's packing a shitload of toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was like a subtle, very funny bit. Very funny. And we kind of get some voiceover from him about how he kind of misses people where he didn't have a great relationship with his parents. He didn't have a ton of friends. And he was at college in Austin is trying to get to Columbus where his family is. Because honestly, at this point, he just wants to see a familiar face. Yeah. And as he's walking, he sees a vehicle driving down the road. It is basically a killdozer. It's an Escalade with a cow catcher on it. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. 
and a three painted on the side for Dale Earnhardt. Yes, it is. Yeah. Which I did not know and had to look up. Well, yeah. Uh, Mikey uh, and I are from the South, so we know. Yeah. uh, Me don't know. So (laughs) the Escalade stops. Woody Harrelson gets out. They point guns at each other. I loved how Zuckerberg, which I'm going to call him this whole time because that's how I see him. Yeah, go for it. How he gets... Like behind the smallest motorcycle I think they could find in LA County. And it's then, like a, it's like the mini bike from Planet Terror. <laughs> it is which is so funny because he's like shaking, holding his gun. And then they both get out and like Woody Harrelson points his like pistol revolver, which I thought was a very, very cool gun. He points it at Jesse and then they don't say anything. And then he like sticks his thumb out like he's hitchhiking. Yes, very <laughs> funny. Like, this is hilarious. And then he's like, get in. He doesn't say get in, but Woody Harrelson's like, whatever, get in. Their relationship is my favorite in the movie. Same. Like, I know yeah. they try to make a love thing, but A, Woody Harrelson always understands the assignment. He's such a good actor. And he's so fun to watch. I kept, because the last thing we saw him in was Best Friends. Not best friends, friends with benefits. Yeah. Uh, I just kept thinking, like, I was waiting for him to pull someone aside and be like, just give me five minutes of your time. (laughs) 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 I'm going to talk you into killing zombies with abandon. Sorry, I, I was just picturing how that conversation would go. And it's like him pulling out wood shears and like like random like garden tools teaching yes. how best to kill people with like hedge trimmers. Love it. Jesse Eisenberg gets in the car. He does check the back seat because, you know. Yeah, he's a pro. He knows what he's doing. He's a pro. And they don't have first names where they don't exchange first names. They exchange the city that they're from. So Tallahassee and Columbus. Well, that's not the city they're... Well, I guess it might be the city they're from, but it's the city they're trying to get to. Right. Yes. Well, no, no, no. When, well, when they meet the girls, that's where they're from. Okay. Well, I mean, it is just like a city that they have some significance to, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. What I really like a lot is when Jesse Eisenberg apologizes for almost knocking over his open container of alcohol with his knife. <laughs> in the car he's like oh you almost knocked over your alcohol with your knife and woody harrelson is fully just drinking and driving through the zombie apocalypse and why wouldn't you man exactly that's what i was gonna say like i i get it like why wouldn't you you've got a bulldozer on your escalade like you're probably safe and there's no other cars on the road. You're only putting yourself at risk. Like, whatever. Like, have a good time. I did like when he pours a shot for Zuckerberg that when he goes to drink it, he, like, throws it out the window. And then it's like he, like, goes back for seconds <laughs> in the same shot glass. It was so funny. <laughs> I mean, first off, that's how I would react because I don't drink. So I would 100% pretend to drink in this situation because I don't want Woody Harrelson to kill me. But how much fun would it be if Woody Harrelson kills you? Like, he's going to make it interesting. <laughs> I'm going to die because I get hoed to death, which is close <laughs> to death by Snoo Snoo, but it's actually the garden tool. Oh, that's that's uh, definitely how I'm dying. <laughs> anyway, they decide that they're going to move on together, even though he thinks that Columbus is pretty weak. And they stop when they find an abandoned hostess truck because if there's one thing that Tallahassee really needs, it's a Twinkie. I do love this subplot and how it pays off at the end. Right. It's so funny. Do you guys like Twinkies? No. No. Actually, Twinkie brand Twinkies, no. One time when I worked at Sur La Table, one of the chefs made Twinkies from scratch and they were fucking amazing. You know, because it was real cake, not fake preservative sponge. With like real whipped cream and it was chef's kiss. It was Yeah, I so thought I could good. get down on some of that, but I don't like regular Twinkies, no. 
Yeah, I'm more of an oatmeal cream pie kind of girl. Yeah, I'm more of a cream pie kind of guy, too. You know what I'm saying? It's literally a packaged snack cake. There is only one little Debbie type we're going for here, and that is Christmas tree cakes. I thought you were going to say zebra cakes, which are very similar to Christmas tree cakes, and I am here for both of those. Zebra cakes are just non-Christmas Christmas Exactly. Cake. That's what I was saying. Yeah, they're the same thing, just a different shape. <laughs> are you going to fucking leave Nutty Buddies in oh, the Oh, Nutty dust? Buddies are actually my favorite, because that's chocolate and peanut butter. I will put down... On some nutty buddies. Anyway, he's pissed <laughs> there's no Twinkies. The whole truck is full of snowballs. Yes. And Jesse Eisenberg takes a few. Oh, yeah, he does. And and this is where we get the reason why Tallahassee doesn't like snowballs. It's because he hates coconuts, not the taste, but the texture. That's me. Yeah, 100%. I hate the consistency of coconut. Snowballs. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't laugh at my cream pie joke, but you'll make a snowball joke, you monster. Uh, cream, cream pie joke is mass market drevel for the polarian. My uh, snowball cream pie, joke. Cream pie jokes are derivative at this point. <laughs> snowball jokes, which were featured in Clerks, are new and fresh is what you're saying. Yeah. Cream pie jokes have no heart and snowball jokes <laughs> are like Shaun of the Dead where they're more emotionally grounded. Anyway. Wow, I'm getting high-roaded in my blue humor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Zuckerberg has to go to the bathroom again. Yes, he has anxiety poops. I mean, who doesn't? Oh, is it just me? My bad. No, no, it's it's (laughs) all of us. (laughs) You guys just let me high and dry right there. (laughs) (laughs) The new program at work with the mental health professionals, riding with police to answer like mental health calls and stuff. Like when I ride along sometimes, it's going to be like a very stressful anxiety kind of thing and then i'll have to like turn to the officer and be like hey just to put on your radar like we're gonna need to find a bathroom in like 20 minutes <laughs> and the guy in the back seat's like can you at least just drop me off at the station when i'm under arrest i don't want to have to watch this guy take a poo that's why you just gotta get diapers so that like you'll be talking somebody down and be like sir i'm gonna need you to put the gun on the Ground. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're in a place. I know everything seems hopeless right now, but I'm going to need you to not mm, jump. (laughs) (laughs) These are all probably getting cut too, right? (laughs) Oh, no, these are great. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I think they're funny. (laughs) As long as Mikey's okay with it. I'm fine with it. Sir, I need... Oh, God, that's warm. I need you to step back from that ledge, my friend. I love Semi Sonic. Fart ties with all the lies you've been living in. And if you do not want me to pee again, I would understand. I love Semi Sonic. God damn it. <laughs> I love how we like incorporate romancing the pod jokes and this and then horror version jokes and romancing the pod. It makes for a really good listening experience if you listen to both of our pods. Yeah, only if you listen to both. Then if you only listen to one, you're just like, what the fuck are you I know, talking? if you only listen to one, you're like, that's not fucking Semi Sonic, you idiot. <laughs> I know. Listen to our Friends with Benefits episode to get that joke. Yes. Let's move on. We're like an hour <laughs> into this episode. We gotta go. Anyway, so he goes to poop. He does talk about his greatest <laughs> fear, which is a clown. And we do see a creepy clown. 
Yeah. So I was laughing because I legit forgot where we were in the movie. And then it made me laugh. I'm so sorry. It was funny. Then we get a flashback to essentially day zero for him of yes. the zombie apocalypse, where we find out that he was essentially agoraphobic. He, he didn't go outside. He stayed at home. He didn't have friends. He played World of Warcraft and stuck to himself, more or less. Yeah. And drank Mountain Dew Code Red. Ah, my 20s. Same. <laughs> Same, Mikey. Mountain Dew Code Red was like triggering for me because i was like oh this is like when i was my most depressed post-divorce end of my 20s bro no i was there for peak world of warcraft and i was like well i'm I'm like i'm 21 i don't need to start my life right now i'm just gonna play world of warcraft (laughs) eat pizza and not talk to people and it's gonna be great uh i would go on dates if i didn't have to raid tonight you're not gonna get the t9 gear if you're not committed i know we gotta we gotta work our way through this dungeon we're not gonna leroy jenkins this shit mikey <laughs> Every now and then my college friends will be like our group text and they're like I'm kind of getting a craving to play WoW again. I'm like, we can't go back down that road. No, you can't. Mikey, you cannot. I was writing my vampire novel at the time. I can't believe we're all late bloomers from all these stories that I hear about our (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of late bloomers invested in a medium where you don't have to see their faces and they're just going to shout their opinions. What? If you want to see our faces, sign up for the bonus episodes, the Patreon level, because we are doing those with video now. So we get into his flashback. And he's all alone. There's a knock at the door yelling for him. Basically, 408, it's an emergency. He's 408. She's 406. So he lets her in. She talks about how she was basically chased home by what she thought was a person experiencing homelessness, but also experiencing some sort of sickness or drugs who tried to bite her. And so he lets her in. They end up cuddling up on the couch. She falls asleep. They wake up and she is Fully a zombie. Oh, yeah. She falls asleep on him and he just happens to wake up right as she's about to eat him. It would be the most terrifying way to wake up. Just more evidence why you don't spend the night. Well, that was his place. It's more evidence why you're not like, I got an early meeting. Maybe you should go back to your place. You don't go back to your own place. That's the rookie move right there. Yeah. I got to feed Macy. I got to (laughs) go. I have a sweet, loving dog waiting for me at home. (laughs) Who can't get out a door without bonking her head 10 times. (laughs) So they fight around the apartment. He gets a shower curtain over her head. She bites through it. Yeah. He eventually grabs the top of the. He breaks her foot in the door. Yes. Oh, and he apologizes for it, which I thought was hilarious. I'm so fucking sorry, is what he says. (laughs) And he grabs the top of the toilet, gets her across the head. She falls, but she gets back up, gets out of the bathroom, comes toward him again, and he double taps her. Yep. And this is where he says that it's basically mad cow disease for people. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to the future or the present. <laughs> we gotta go back, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they push a car off the road, and the, as they're kind of like pushing the cars away to clear room for the killdozer. Yeah, Zuckerberg and Woody Harrelson are doing this. Yeah, right. They're basically talking about like the last time they had sex. And Columbus has what is definitely a fake story. Oh, yeah. He fully lies about banging someone in a FedEx truck. A FedEx truck. Yeah. yeah, And her name was Beverly Hills. But he's fully like Kaiser (laughs) Sozaying this story based on the things on the side of the road. Oh, and they clearly telegraphed that. Yeah. Yeah. They stop when they see a zombie in the road and she's digging through a guy's torso who's already very dead. Oh, yeah. And she's like drinking the marrow out of his bones. Yeah. But they drive past and Woody Harrelson gets her with the door of the car 
And then they pull up to Blaine's Grocery, which it says it in giant letters. And I was like, that's a weird name for a grocery store. I also thought like, wow, it's a lot shorter than I thought it would be in person. (laughs) (laughs) This grocery store is only like five foot six. Anyway, they collect weapons to go into the grocery store. And Jesse Eisenberg has like a gun. And Woody Harrelson's got like a coterie of torture devices. (laughs) It's uh, But like from like a garden shed. Yes, like he clearly found a garden shed and raided it. Yeah. Because he's got like garden shears. He leaves like a tiller in the car. Yeah. Uh, but then he's also got a pickaxe. I love when he pulls the pickaxe out. Zuckerberg is like, what are you prospecting? Like, what are you doing with that? <laughs> that was so funny. And he's got a banjo. <laughs> Yes. Oh, and that's like my favorite part of the scene is that he plays a really shitty like and then the zombies start coming out and he beats one to death with the banjo. This is so this is such a weird note. Banjos are expensive as fuck. They and are. so every every time he hits somebody with a banjo, I'm like, mm. Oh, steel strings. That would have been pricey. (laughs) (laughs) But here's what I want out of whenever somebody hits a zombie with a musical instrument. And there's only one movie that's given it to me. I want to hear that musical instrument when you hit them. Yes. (laughs) And the only time I've gotten it is Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. Where he hits a guy with a guitar and you just hear, you hear the guitar sound. And then that guy swallows a harmonica and then you hear the harmonica just like, (laughs) it makes me laugh every time. (laughs) Like, I know the movie is terrible, but. Yeah, I was going to say that is by far the best part of that movie. Oh, absolutely. So they dispatch all of the zombies in the grocery store. The last one with the garden shears, which then slide down the aisle of the store. Yes, that was so great. And he like decapitates that big zombie with the garden shears. For me, it made sense that inside Blaine's grocery store, there would be no Twinkies because that would be like all protein powders and like Uh, anything uh, you can uh, get uh, to like bulk uh, up, uh, but there would be no sweets. There's not a single carb in that grocery store. Exactly. Yeah. That is a grocery store built on protein. (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's like three aisles of shaker bottles right yeah right and then they sell sneakers that have lifts in them (laughs) (laughs) i feel so bad when we meet him someday and he is a large man all salads are kale salads here at blaine's grocery (laughs) come on down to blaine's grocery where we all look photoshopped (laughs) Our t-shirts only come one size too small. (laughs) So they finish killing the zombies in the grocery store and Emma Stone runs out and says that her sister is in the back and she needs help. Yeah. With great smoky eyes. Oh yeah. She's got eyeliner above and below those eyes. That's something that I noticed this time I watched it, which I definitely didn't notice the first time. A, her makeup is always done, which I guess she could be continually stealing makeup, but also they never need to stop for gas and everyone still has electricity. Yes. What's that about? Yeah. Okay, so I thought about this. I want a zombie apocalypse that takes place in the far future where like our problems are all solved and then the zombie apocalypse becomes their maker for like global warming solved, free electricity everywhere. So it's all like, there's like solar powered everything. The cars are electric. Everything's really great, but then zombies come and ruin it. And so I was like, oh, there's electricity everywhere because they solved all those world's problems. 
Well, that's yeah, real but dark. It's de- that's definitely not what's happening in this movie. Though. No, I do like yeah. that premise, though. Like we fix all the world's problems and then the zombie outbreak happens. <laughs> <laughs> like people can't find guns because they're like we've been at world peace for for 400 years what's a gun <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I guess they were like you know it'd be just nice is just like everywhere had power we don't have to worry about like that kind of plot stuff and they're like yeah this to me it's sort of like when you never see someone reload in an action movie it feels like that to me like it's shit most of the people in the audience aren't going to care about and truthfully i didn't i was like whatever yeah it, it, honestly it took me this is my third or fourth watching of it to notice it yeah so. no i noticed that the first time i was like why is all the power still on yeah, and it's one of those things that I think I also noticed it because we did Shaun of the Dead so recently, and Shaun of the Dead, I think, kind of does handle that pretty well of like, yeah. first of all, it's the first day of the apocalypse, but also they're having to flip breakers and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, yeah. so they meet the two girls in the back of the store. I love this because it felt very Heartbreakers to me. Have you guys seen the movie Heartbreakers? Yes. Yeah, Where, yeah. like, you know, they're playing a con. You don't realize that at first. At first, I was like, holy shit, are they going to kill Emma Stone's sister, like, the second you meet her in this movie? And then I thought back, I was like, oh, wait, no, that little girl's on the poster. This is, like, a, a trick. Yeah. And then I was on board because I loved the way they, like, man. You're so smart. Uh, thank you for letting <laughs> us into your thought process. I, I love the way Emma Stone is like, no, I'll shoot her, Pop, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's old Yeller, and he has to go shoot his dog yeah. or something, and then she steals their guns and their truck. That's my favorite movie. Old Yeller? Yeah, because I like the shooting the dog part. <laughs> Oh, Mikey, Macy has ruined you. Dude, you're full of bad takes today. I know. <laughs> but the thing is, I can't edit them. I don't have time. So no cuts, you know, like no you know the cuts. Deal. No cuts. No cuts. <laughs> uh, so they pull a dirty, rotten scoundrels and they take their guns and their car and leave. And now Tallahassee and Columbus are on foot. Yes. They're literally just walking around that town, whatever town they were in, until they right. find that yellow Hummer with like, <laughs> it's like the jackpot of all jackpots of guns in the back. It's got a Sarah Connor coffin amount of guns in the back. <laughs> yes, absolutely it does. Yeah. Oh, I loved how Woody Harrelson had to rip off the hands from the steering wheel. Oh, so that funny. That was so funny. And then he flicks off Zuckerberg with it. The, now, here's the only thing that I would have liked more is for one of those hands to still come to life Evil Dead style and they had to kill the hand. <laughs> They're both fighting hands in the street. That would have yeah, been very and, funny. And then as they drive away, the license plate on the Hummer just says groovy. <laughs> <laughs> See, those little nods to horror would have given it more heart. You know, that would have been pretty great. Also, walking to the new vehicle they get into, they pass a van and Woody Harrelson destroys that van. And he starts talking about how, like, you need to, like, let your aggression out to not lose your mind. Right. Which, I mean, if you want to argue that Woody Harrelson has not lost his mind, I've got a bridge in Zombieland to sell you. (laughs) That is true. He's fully crazy in this movie. What I I love crazy Woody Harrelson. I love crazy yeah. Woody Harrelson. I love Joe Biden Woody Harrelson. <laughs> like I'm here I'm here for it. If Woody Harrelson's in a movie, I'm like, I'm probably going to like this movie. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So so before they find the Hummer, they swap zombie kill of the week stories. Oh, yeah. I love the zombie kill of the week. They show in that little flashback or flash to wherever that person is. And they show her pull a cord and like a piano <laughs> falls down. Kill a guy down. with a piano. <laughs> I, I thought the cross was just going to fall on it. But no, this whole fuck off piano whole falls on it. fucking piano. I couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny. Uh, but also before they leave, they have to paint a three 
three on the side of the Hummer for Earnhardt. Yeah, you have to. And then he... Essentially, there's a montage of just Woody Harrelson firing off all the guns, wasting bullets, which, by the way, are not a renewable resource in the apocalypse. No, they are not. But he is literally like spinning around behind the car with an Uzi, just firing it off, which would bring every zombie in that town towards them. It doesn't. My and they just Uzi the- brings all the zombies to the yard yes. and they're like... Uh, Damn right It's better than brains (laughs) I could keep you But I'd have to (laughs) But they're fine They just you know drive away It's fine They would have to Khalees them Oh like Khalees who did the the milkshakes I didn't know who did that song It's Khalees I mean I know now (laughs) Are you guys impressed I know who sang that I am a little impressed I, I clearly didn't know But this is as they're driving away, we kind of find out about, according to Woody Harrelson, his puppy named Buck. And his puppy named Buck is a beautiful like puppy of an Australian shepherd. It's got beautiful blue eyes. Like, I love this dog. I want to get one so bad. Uh, it's Abigail Breslin's dog. What? That they used, oh. yeah, they, yeah, that oh. they used in the movie. I love it uh. so much. But yeah, the scenes of him and that dog hanging out, very fun, very cute. And I thought it was like, okay, so when it first shows that flashback and it's the actual puppy and he's like pouring syrup and it's like licking the syrup, I was like, that's a weird thing to do with a dog. And then it in the bathtub, like playing with it, I was like, oh, that's super cute. And then when you know what it really is later, it makes sense. But when I was watching, I was like, syrup with a dog, that seems not like a good idea. Like like a bad idea. <laughs> I think it wasn't the zombies that killed your kid, man. I think it was the syrup. <laughs> I think it was the diabetes that, g- that you gave your dog. Let's do a different joke, but more topical. Let's say it wasn't the diabetes. It was the insulin being overcharged to them. <laughs> I honestly really do love when you come in here with your anti-capitalism hot takes, Mikey. I can't wait to do another Purge episode with you. <laughs> I've been preparing for Purge, too. Nice. Anyway, as they're driving, they see the, the car that the girl stole from them stopped on the side of the road, broken down, and they go to check it out, but it's another trap, and now the girls are <laughs> in their car, essentially holding them hostage. I love that reveal, because the car says help, and, and that's... Yeah. The Cadillac with, like, the bulldozer on the front, right? Right. So, like, Woody Harrelson's like, let me go. You stay here. When I signal, you come up. And, like, he goes, checks out the car. There's no one in it. Like, there's nothing there. He whistles. Zuckerberg drives up. And he's like, they're in the car, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. I did not really like the line, 12's the new 20, though. That made me uncomfortable. Uh, my, well, I like 12 is the new 20. Gun, please. (laughs) I like the gun, please. It was very funny, but maybe it's just because we watched The Time Traveler's Wife recently. So, like, I'm very in a weird place with all that. So, that's probably why I didn't love that line. But the gun, please part was very funny. Yeah, I'm just going to have to watch Terminator as a palate cleanser. It's fine. Um, so, now they are a group of four. And... We find out that previous to the apocalypse, Wichita and Little Rock were like grifters together. And they ran this like engagement ring grift where they like uh, Wichita would pretend to lose her engagement ring, have a guy send it to her. And then Little Rock would pretend to find it and get a reward 
from that guy and the ring was always fake or whatever. Yeah, like they set it up. So like Emma Stone's going to give the gas station attendant $3,000 if she mails it back to him. Right. And then Abigail Breslin finds the fake ring and is like, well, give me $400 of that reward money. But he has to give all the money out of the register. And then, of course, that ring's worthless and they're never going to send him any of that money. It's a great scam. Right. It is a great scam. Yeah. And this is right after he got an email from a Nigerian prince whose father was deposed. (laughs) And it's like, he just can't, he's just having a bad week, man. Yeah, it's real sad when monarchies have to email to get the funds that they need. So, anyway, uh, we find out that the girls are headed to Pacific Playland right outside of Los Angeles. I need to take a time out with this because I think that their zombie plan is maybe the worst zombie plan I've ever heard. It's it's worse than the Winchester. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, and when they get there and we'll talk about this then, but like they turn on a big sign that says zombies come kill us. Yeah. It goes about exactly as I thought it would go from this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, why would you do that? Either the power's out or you're going to get yourselves killed immediately. Yep. So they tell them that that's their plan. And this is where Columbus is like, I'm trying to get to Columbus. And she basically is like, oh, it's burned to the ground. Like, there's nothing there. And he realizes that his family is gone. Yeah, because she looks back after saying that Columbus is burned to the ground and sees Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson's like, come on, man. That's where he's from. Like, his name's Columbus. He doesn't say that, but he says it with his eyes. And because Woody Harrelson's such a good actor, like, they could almost subtitle that. Like, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Yeah, he says it with his eyes. He could have said it with his weird teeth, but he says it with his eyes. Oh, his dreamy, dreamy eyes. (laughs) So when everyone else has fallen asleep, Wichita talks to Columbus and is basically like, hey, I know this plan is nuts, but shit is terrible and she hasn't had a chance to be a kid and it's tough growing up. Yeah. And and fuck it. She might as well get to go to Pacific Playland. Everything else is burned to the ground. Because it's such a bad idea, it feels to me like a elegant taking your own life plan. That's what I thought. Because she could have been like. Maybe we should, because he could have been like, why don't you like get a safe place where you guys can like settle down and maybe enjoy life a little. I think honestly, it is in her mind, everything is hopeless. Pacific Playlands, Playlands, not even going to be there. And so I think she's like anything to give her some hope yeah. so that we keep going. I did sort of get the anything to get some hope kind of vibe from it, but it's also like, it's the worst plan. Like you're definitely going to die if you go there. Yeah. And what you should have done is go around mom's. Kill Phil, get Liz. <laughs> okay, Dollywood is in the mountains. You could block the entrances, kill all the zombies in Gatlinburg, and take Gatlinburg as your own. You better protect Dolly. She is our treasure. Yeah, we can't lose Dolly. So they find a truck on the side of the road and essentially give Columbus the option to leave and continue on his way to Columbus. And he decides to stay with them. I think because he's like, my family's probably gone. You know, I might as well stay with these people. I also feel like he's super into Emma Stone at this point. Right. You know, he's like super attracted to her. I mean, he'd be super attracted to anyone, right? Because it's like the end of the world. I mean, I get, and I've said this before, any port in a storm, like I get it. But she is an attractive woman and he's a flesh and blood American man. Like I get it. Yep. Those smoky eyes. (laughs) They get anyone every time. Every time. They all decide to continue on together. And Woody Harrelson decides that they need to pull off at what I can only describe as a culturally appropriative roadside bodega in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) But those exist, Paige. Absolutely. I've been to one right by the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's where I saw it, too. Yeah. 
Although the one by the Grand Canyon was actually run by a Native American tribe because yes, they're like yeah. it's it's right off of their reservation. Yes. It was cool, actually. We, I want to say, Todd, we probably went to the same one. Probably. So they go in and they basically blow off steam and destroy this place for no good reason. We just get a montage of destruction. Well, they're blowing off steam. They're like, you know, doing their thing. I get it. Uh, He tries to put on cologne and ends up putting on perfume. Uh, But this is where Tallahassee (laughs) realizes that Columbus is into Wichita. I love how when he realizes that he's like, oh, you're wanting to fuck Wichita? Have at it. She's been fucking us for the past 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I also love when he gets sprayed. When Zuckerberg sprays him with the uh, perfume or whatever, he's like, oh, I've beat people's ass for less than that. And then he goes, (laughs) but because I like you. You're getting 45% power. And then he like half punches him. I thought that was so funny. Not before Columbus says, let me begin my three-part apology. I respect (laughs) you as a human. (laughs) I love that so much. It was so great. It's so, so funny. Uh, That's exactly the way Zuckerberg, if he had a heart, would apologize. Yep. Uh, We get... A, so after they destroy the store, they get back in the truck and we get a montage of them just killing time as they drive. So like yeah. it's conversations that they're having. They're trying to teach Little Rock how to drive. Uh, there is a conversation about Hannah Montana between Little Rock and Tallahassee. That's very fun. While Wicked's popular is playing yeah. underneath it. I love that they were all talking about like their music taste while they were driving is what that was. Because Woody Harrelson was talking about Willie Nelson. He's like, you don't know Willie Nelson? How do you not know Willie Nelson? <laughs> and then it cuts to her uh, and she's like talking about Hannah Montana and how she's not famous when she's not wearing the wig. And right, he's like, right. what are you talking about? What is this? <laughs> well, and in between you get Zuckerberg being like sometimes if I shave in the morning I get like a 430 shadow. And you're just like, why? <laughs> Shit, that was so funny. Because he's like, he clearly is not like a manly man. And right. he's trying to like peacock a little bit for Wichita, right? So he's talking about how he prematurely gets a five o'clock shadow. It was adorable. Like a 430 shadow. Uh, but they basically <laughs> all decide that they're going to stay together until Playland. Yes. And they get to California. Specifically, they get to Los Angeles, which is a trash pile. But also in this movie, it looks pretty bad. <laughs> it very much does. Yes. And they decide that they're going to sleep in style. So they pick up a map of Hollywood homes. And they grab that map outside of Grauman's Chinese Theater. They do and have to shoot some of the zombies dressed as characters. Because if you've ever been... Okay. Oh, God. Hollywood Boulevard is a dumpster fire. and it is. But everyone should experience. Go and see how much of a dumpster fire it is. Yeah, because I feel like I tell this to people and no one believes me until they see it. And they're just like, yeah. holy hell, this place is Mad Max. So in front of the theater, there's a bunch of people dressed as characters from movies that you can like take pictures with. But they're not like employed by the theater. They are just street people. No, you have to pay them. Yes. So tourists make the mistake of like taking pictures with people thinking that it's just like you take pictures and then they like hustle you for money. Yeah. And and they'll just be like, I don't do this for free. I don't, and they'll like hold you hostage till you pay them, basically. Yeah. It's not great. And in the midst of that is a lot of over policing, but then also just like so much drug use and needles on the, the like the sidewalk and stuff. It's yeah. like it's a dark place anyway. It is terrible. Yeah. 
But honestly, can I give you a pro tip? Yes. If you're going to do this and check out this place, and everyone should, start at the Scientology Center and then walk down <laughs> to the theater. Because then you get like a really good grasp of how crazy L.A. is. Yeah. And that's one of three Scientology centers within two blocks. But that's why they're shooting the people in front of the Chinese theater that are dressed like movie characters, because that's who would normally be there. And that's what you'd want to do if you were there. I mean, here's the thing. I've worked with some of those people on other projects and they're just out of work actors. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I took my parents one time and people kept trying to get us to go on tours. And I was like, we're locals. And they were like, no, you aren't. You wouldn't be here. And I was like, that's fair. (laughs) Man, the PCB sounds wild. (laughs) Nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Oh, Mikey, you adorable idiot. (laughs) but they drive up into the hollywood hills kind of and they pull up in front of a large mansion with bm on the gates they enter this gorgeous house it turns out it's bill murray's house man when the bill murray reveal happens not just that they're at his house because i sort of guessed that when i saw the bm on the front and then when they walk in, you see the, the painting behind right. him that has a, just like a bunch of Bill Murray heads. I was like, oh, shit, they're at Bill Murray's house. That's cool. And then when you see Bill Murray, I was like, how, how did they get Bill Murray in this movie? Uh, would you believe he's their second choice? And I will talk about it in Fun Facts. Wow, oh, wow. really? Because he's so yeah. good for the brief moment he's in it. Anyway, uh, so they're at Bill Murray's house. And Abigail Breslin's character, Little Rock, is like, who's Bill Murray? And, <laughs> and Woody Harrelson is like, I'm going to kill her. Basically. No, he, he literally says, I've never punched a child. <laughs> like threatening her. And I was like, this is exactly how Mikey would react. Yep. Uh, they also <laughs> reveal that there's no Twinkies in his house. And there is kind of a veiled fat joke in here where Emma Stone says, I told you we should have gone to Russell Crowe's house. Shit, that was funny, too. I laughed at that because if yeah. you know anything about Russell Crowe at this time, he got much bigger than he was, like, say, in Gladiator. But, well, and he did it for a role and then just, like, kept going and then eventually dialed it back. But for a while, he was, you know what, taking up the space that he needed for the body that he had in that moment, and he should love himself no matter what. Absolutely. And Natalie t- talks about that all the time, about you know, self-acceptance and stuff like that. So that's something that I completely agree with. But I'll say this. His movie, The Good Guys, that was actually written by Shane Black, is one yes. of my favorite Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling performance. If you that's haven't seen that movie, movie, see that movie. It's so solid. I want to do it so bad for Bromance Month on Romance in the Pod because it is such a good movie. Anyway, we'll move on. But he, Russell Crowe's great in that oh. movie. And he's bigger. I don't know. I, do you guys consider shoot him up a romantic comedy? I want to, but I don't think it We've is. We've talked about doing Bromance Month where we could do these movies. Well, no, shoot 'em up is not a bromance. It's just no, no. Clive Owen fucking killing people with carrots and having tons and of sex with and milking. Hayek. No, it's Monica Bellucci. But yes, yeah. It sounds like we couldn't do that movie on Romance in the Pod, no, but we could no. definitely do it on Could I Get Can- You P Words? A movie. Can I get any of you cunts a movie? Uh, So anyway, so they should have gone to Russell Crowe's house for the Twinkies, but they didn't. So they start to search the house to make sure they're alone. They're like calling dibs on bedrooms. They're watching Ghostbusters in the theater. And somewhere in the house, somebody stirs. We see feet and hands as a body wakes up and walks downstairs. And as Wichita and Tallahassee are teeing off in the living room, Bill Murray as a zombie comes in, but turns out he's not a zombie. 
Yeah, he's just joking. But like they don't realize that until Emma Stone breaks a rib with the golf club she's using to drive golf balls around the room. Yep. And we find out that he's putting on makeup to blend in because then the zombies leave him alone. And he says, it suits my lifestyle. I like to go out and do stuff. I love how he's like, I just played nine holes at the Riviera. Didn't have to wait. Just walked right on. Yeah. My, my favorite later is like, you know, I actually just saw Eddie Van Halen at the bowl. Oh, really? How was he? He's a zombie now. <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> just wandering around the Hollywood Bowl as a zombie. <laughs> I did kind of hate that, like, Bill Murray solved how to survive in the zombie apocalypse and no one takes him seriously. Well, because he's so funny. Like, I wouldn't know if I would believe him either. It's funny that. I know he's their second choice, but this actually, I think, does fit him better than their first choice, where Bill Murray is known for just popping up places, just being out and about and ending up in people's photos at the end of the night and stuff like that. And I think this really plays into that, this idea that even in the zombie apocalypse, Bill Murray's just kind of wandering around like, what are y'all up to? What are you guys doing? (laughs) You guys mind if I hang for a bit? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he tells them that he's going to help them live the L.A. lifestyle, and they immediately start smonking that weed. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is pre—weed was not legal at this point in L.A. Really? So this is— Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was illegal, but it basically was. Like, I was in L.A. at this time, and I remember being on the sidewalk next to people passing a joint as the cops walked by— <laughs> And then a cop stopped and looked at them and the person holding the joint just went, what? And then the cop kept walking. And I was like, (laughs) it's effectively legal in L.A. Uh, Anyway, so they role play as Ghostbusters with the vacuum cleaner. (laughs) But all while this is happening, Abigail Breslin and Zuckerberg are watching Ghostbusters in the home theater. Yes. Essentially. When they cut to them, it's that the Twinkie scene yes. of Ghostbusters, which I thought was very funny. And then Zuckerberg starts talking to Abigail Breslin about like what Emma Stone's type is and if she's single or not, which I thought was very funny. And then when Abigail Breslin's like, uh, I think she's more like into bad boys. And then he knocks the popcorn off. Flips the popcorn. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, my bad. <laughs> like, that's not what a bad boy is, you idiot. <laughs> that's what I am. Clumsy. (laughs) So they go to, they're going to have Bill Murray scare Columbus and he walks in pretending to be a zombie and Columbus just immediately shoots him in the chest because like, of course you would. I love how Bill Murray takes complete ownership here and he's like, I was never good at practical jokes. (laughs) (laughs) And then Abigail is like, what, do you have any regrets? And he's like, uh, Garfield, I guess. <laughs> My favorite is they're trying. They're like trying to push the gun gun wound closed, and he just goes, "Ah, that's still tender. <laughs> you might still pull through." Yeah, yeah. And then he dies and has like the longest exhale ever, and Emma Stone can't stop from laughing. Well, he he dies and exhales, pauses, and then keeps exhaling. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So they take him outside, they give him a gun salute, they drop him over the balcony, and then they just pass around Purell, which is very funny. (laughs) We cut to them playing Monopoly together later that night, and we will reveal that they're playing Monopoly with real money. (laughs) Holy shit. When uh, Woody Harrelson is talking about how that quote-unquote dog was actually his son or whatever, and he's like showing the picture, and he's like really crying. Like He's a great actor. 
But man, when he grabs those $100 bills and starts wiping his <laughs> tears wipe away, his I was like, holy shit, that is so funny. Don't do that. Money is nasty. Yeah, money is filthy. Yeah, that's definitely how you get pink eye. If you have ever read <laughs> Diablo Cody's book, Candy Girl, you will know that this is why sex workers treat money in very specific ways because it is dirty and you don't want to get infections from it. Yeah. Anyway... So he teaches Abigail Breslin how to shoot and how to aim and basically snipe things in the house. They're just shooting up Bill Murray's house. Yeah, like plates and vases and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Wichita finds wine. And so she and Columbus end up drinking together and dancing. And it they're like right about to kiss. Oh, yeah. Zuckerberg's about to become Fuckerberg. <laughs> Wichita is about to get that dick, y'all. <laughs> anyway, so Woody Harrelson walks in and is like, help me move the couch. We're making a blanket for it. And I'm like. Fuck yes. Honestly, that's what I would do. Like, blanket fort it up. That shit sounds fun. Yeah, I do have a note, because when she's talking about 97 was when the wine was from. Yes. And they're talking about things they did in 97. I also had headgear at the time. Oh, I thought you were going to say you saw Anaconda, but you said the sad one, and that made me sad. I probably also <laughs> saw Anaconda. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... They make the couch for it, but they wake up the next morning and she, Wichita and Little Rock have left. Yeah. I do like that we get the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Because Wichita was like, I can't believe I almost kissed him. What have we always said? What's our rule? And Abigail's like, just you and me, nobody else. Don't trust anybody. Yep. Yeah. So I, I do like that this time we get the reasoning behind why they're always leaving. Right. So they pull up to Pacific Playland. They drive through the gates. Meanwhile, we cut back to Bill Murray's house where they are kind of packing supplies because now they're all kind of going to go their separate ways. Yeah. Back at Playland, they turn all the rides on, which basically just attracts the zombies to the park. Yeah, it's the worst idea ever. Yeah. And they, they're riding one of the rides, and as it crests high, they see the zombies approaching the park. We cut back to the house where we find out that uh, I think Tallahassee is going to Mexico. Yeah, because he knows what they call Twinkies down there, and he's going to get some Twinkies. Los Samarinos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as they're packing, Columbus is packing a motorcycle. Because he's going to go help the girls. Man, when he drives away on that motorcycle and he crashes it immediately. Immediately. God, I the first time I rode a motorcycle, I did this exact same thing. Absolutely. And, oh, no. same. oh, man. And I was at a party with a bunch of other people who I was in college with at the time. Oh, shit. It was so embarrassing. So back at Pacific Playland, they run through the park back to the Hummer, but they're surrounded. The zombies break the windows. They end up having to bail out of the Hummer and it basically goes into the ocean right outside the side of the park. Yeah. We cut back to the house where this is where he crashes that motorcycle. And essentially Tallahassee's like, fuck it. Get in. You're helpless without me. We'll go help them together. Yep. We cut back to Pacific Playland where they're on one of those drop zone rides where it like shoots up and then quickly drops you down. We see them on the ride and they're shooting zombies and trying to kick zombies off them and yeah. they get 
Abigail Breslin to shoot the control box, stopping them at the top. Which is like a million to one shot. Way to go, kid. Yeah, like I believe that she could shoot it, sure. But it would probably drop you down to your death. Like the fact that it does what they want it to do is bonkers. Yeah. But this is like the damsel in distress moment or damsels in distress, you know. So meanwhile, Tallahassee and Columbus pull up in the parking lot with AKs and just like mow down a sea of zombies and then slowly back over them multiple times to double tap (laughs) them, which is very funny. Uh, And... Tallahassee says, my mom always said someday I'd be good at something. Nobody would have guessed it was zombie killing. And he is. He's like, he is a one man zombie army. It is so funny. He's amazing. Sometimes you just find your passion in unexpected places. That's true. Yeah. So they get out with guns. They see that the Hummer is in the water. So they think the girls have maybe already died, except that the girls call to them from the top of the ride. They miraculously hear it. And so Tallahassee blasts an air horn to draw the zombies to him. And Columbus takes off toward that ride. Tallahassee starts just mowing zombies down. He gets on rides and shoots people as he goes around on the road. <laughs> like he's just making a meal out of it. It's great. He's a kid in the candy store, like loving the shit out of life. And I love this so much for him. Honestly, I feel like I would like Zombieland better if it was just him crank style. Like if we had the the crank for zombies and it's just Woody Harrelson's character from these movies, just full tilt murdering everyone in his path. I am here for that. Make that movie, please. I would watch that. Just him doing his thing. It's like a prequel to this where we follow him day one on. It's like John Wick, but instead of a dog, it's his son. Yes. He loses his son and then he just goes ape shit and kills shit and doesn't stop killing. Hell yes. I love everything about that. Let's do it. Let's make it. Let's make it. Get Woody on the phone. Get Woody on the phone. Meanwhile, Columbus ends up in a haunted house and is trying to shoot both regular and fake zombies because it's a haunted house. (laughs) I love the one that gets like bit, like the zombie that's chasing Zuckerberg, it like gets bit by like a, I don't know, Tyrannosaurus Rex through the wall and then he shoots it. It's fake hands, yeah. Oh, is it fake hands? And then it it holds it in place. Zuckerberg shoots it and then it pulls it into the the wall. (laughs) That was so funny. So meanwhile, back on the drop zone ride, zombies are climbing and Wichita and and Little Rock are shooting them down, but they're running out of bullets. Uh, Meanwhile, Tallahassee is on a roller coaster just picking off zombies for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, and him laughing while he's going around the zombie coaster was so funny to me. Him murdering zombies in this last scene is probably my favorite part of this movie yeah. because it's just unbridled mania it's yeah. joy yeah. mania whatever you want to call it it's just <laughs> it's just really nice to see someone doing what they love yeah so meanwhile columbus finally makes his way out of the haunted house tallahassee makes it to like a gift shop and shuts himself in like a cage and is just like a one-man cage match against the zombie horde. It's so great. It's amazing. I was a little worried for a second he was going to die in there. Yeah. Like sacrificing himself for Columbus and the girls. But no, he's fucking fine. He's fucking fine. <laughs> Columbus gets to the drop zone ride and the girls are pistol whipping zombies and knocking them to the ground. Yes. But they're stuck up there. So essentially like they are sitting ducks. Yeah. As he approaches 
a zombie comes towards him, and it's a zombie clown. It's a scary-looking zombie clown. It is, too. yeah. I love that he has that internal monologue. Yeah, he finally breaks a rule. Yeah, and then yeah. you see that rule pop up, and that rule is don't be a hero. And you see the don't fall away, and it says be a hero. I really liked that section. I thought that was really yeah. cute. Yep. And then he just goes, fuck this clown. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah! And then he grabs that hammer, and then... He goes full midsummer on that clown. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that, but he totally does. But... Just like Midsummer, which I thought this is a weird choice for Ari Aster to make, but when <laughs> he hits the clown head with the hammer and it crushes, yeah. just like in Midsummer, you hear the <laughs> like the the nose squeak, the honk yeah. of the clown nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made sense in this. I thought it, made, it was really weird when they did it in Midsummer. Well, it's a Swedish custom. <laughs> What was extra weird is when that first lady's body hit the rock and you just hear they're like, oh, God. <laughs> weird people. <laughs> anyway, he pulls the emergency brake for the ride, which pulls the ride down, allowing them to get out and kills a zombie on the way down. Yeah, yeah, and kills the zombie on the way down. They get off the ride. Wichita reveals that her name is Krista, and he gets to finally tuck a girl's hair behind her ear, oh. and they kiss because trauma bonding. Right, and because that's the formula, right? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. There's two Mikey moves in this scene. Hair behind the ear and trauma bonding. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Paige, never go rock climbing with Mikey. He's going to fabricate some sort of dramatic situation where he has to be the one to save you. Yes, and I can make a pun about falling in love with me. Todd, I don't know why you ever think I would go rock climbing. Gravity's not my friend. That's fair. <laughs> so Tallahassee has survived, but they he's nowhere to be found. But they have a hunch because there's a fried Twinkie stand. <laughs> <laughs> this shit was so funny because he's like, he's like destroying the fried Twinkie stand, like false advertising because he can't find the Twinkies. And then you spongy yellow delicious <laughs> bastards. And then he and Zuckerberg are like talking, and then they hear something from the closet, and Zuckerberg finally shoots the double barrel shotgun into the closet. They open it, mice run out and scares them, and then they see that one of the shells went through the box of Twinkies. Yep. Oh man, do you think you oh, could like? So funny. Can you pick around the buckshot? Ah oh, shit! I <laughs> Words so cannot hard. express. Um, I th it's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's so and funny. As they're having this conversation, the girls are driving away, but they run outside, and it was all a joke. They were gonna wait for them anyway, and they found a Twinkie. Yeah. When Abigail throws that Twinkie through the sunroof and he catches it, I'm not even joking when I say this. Woody Harrelson does some of his best work I've ever seen. He starts to cry. Yes. He starts to cry over it's a so Twinkie. Great. I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm feeling the emotional weight of this Twinkie because okay. he's so good in this movie. I love I it. I have a story. Tell me everything about this story, Mikey. College Mikey and my roommates. My friend is like, I am craving a Snickers bar. So he like buys a Snickers bar on the way out. He opens the Snickers bar, takes the full bar out of the wrapper for some reason. That's weird. Don't do that. Yeah. Then it looks like a dookie. Yeah. He drops it on the concrete. What? We're not even to the car. He drops it accidentally. He pulls a Woody Harrelson. He cries. <laughs> Just walk back into the store and get another one. That's what I said. He had two tears going down his face. And I was like, Just walk back inside and get another one. And he was like, No, man, we've come too yes! far. He said no. <laughs> so they all get in the truck together and they have each other. And as they drive away, they hit. Another zombie to double tap them. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. Oh, and they say they're like, we're a family now or whatever. 
Yeah, and also Rule 33 sunscreen. But did you watch till after the credits for the post-credit scene? Oh, I didn't. No, what's the post-credit scene? Damn. It's Bill Murray essentially teaching Tallahassee how to do some of his lines from Caddyshack. Man, I'm sad I missed it. I'll have to go back and watch it. I mean, it's on Netflix, so it's fine. Anyway, that's the movie. (laughs) Yeah, so that actually is the movie. So what did you guys think about it having seen it today? I liked it better than when I saw it in theaters, to be honest with you. And it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's a fine movie. It's not something I'm going to rewatch all the time. It's not one of my favorite zombie movies. It does not capture me the way Shaun of the Dead does, even on rewatches. Sure. Um, but that's that's just me there. I I fully understand why other people would love this movie. I am here for a would all Woody Harrelson, all zombie kill version of this. But it's it's fine. I guess is where I land with this movie. It's okay. Yeah, I loved it when I first saw it. And then like I bought the Blu-ray when it came out and watched it a couple times. I think this movie is really great the first couple times you see it, but it's got a very high depreciation value in rewatch, which is yeah. like So like here now I'm like, okay, zombie land, I know what I'm expecting. So like I don't I didn't super enjoy watching it this time just because I've watched once you watch it once or twice, like there isn't any more for me personally to get out of that movie. And it's not it's not one like I define a favorite film as something I can watch over and over again. And like sure. this is not one of those. Uh I do think it's like really fun and a fun movie to show people, but like I just think it de- depreciates it's sort of like a one and done sort of movie. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and where I think Shaun of the Dead thrives in rewatches because there's so much to gain from it every time you watch. Well, and there's so many like hidden jokes and like stuff yes. that they really thought about. And there's a lot of intentionality in that movie, which I am very impressed by. And I could see how there isn't so much of that in this. There's also less heart in this. Yeah. I think I'm in the stage where you were, Mikey, when you were saying that like, you, when you first saw it, you loved it because this is the first time I've yeah. seen it. I loved it. Thought it was great. If you've never seen this movie before, you don't know about it. The Bill Murray stuff that comes out of blue is so funny. Fuck, that was yeah. so fun. I couldn't believe he got shot. Like when that I tweeted yeah. it, I was like, oh, my God, Columbus just shot Bill Murray. Yeah. Like, the first so time funny. you see that, you were just dying. Like, but then like the second time, you're like, yeah, the Bill Murray part. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I do think some of the things that do really hold up for this movie are the rules. I think those are great. Yeah. Yes. I, I think some of the kills are pretty inventive and that's pretty fun. And his relationship with Woody Harrelson's character holds up. But the rest of it, yeah, I, I would say there's a pretty sharp depreciation Fair enough. for this movie. But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Zombieland Zombie fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, did you know that Woody Harrelson was arrested for marijuana possession during filming, which delayed shooting for a day? I did not know that, but that does not surprise me at all. It doesn't. Um, and his conversation with Abigail Breslin about Hannah Montana is completely improv. <laughs> <laughs> also does not surprise me. So when I mentioned the zombie kill of the week, that is left over from the pilot. There's a few other things that we'll go through that are left over from the pilot as we go. But first, do you want to know who their first choice was yes. for a celebrity? I've been dying to know. Yeah, I, please. I want to know this. Was it Tom Cruise? No, it was Patrick Swayze. Oh, but he wow. very yeah, he very quickly in the process of this movie got his cancer diagnosis and chose not to continue. Well, that's super sad. But instead of Ghostbusters, they were going to parody Ghost and Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to say they were definitely yeah. going to do like a nobody put zombie in the corner. They yep. were going to have that moment for sure. Yep. They also offered cameo roles to Joe Pesci, Mark Hamill, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Bacon, Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
and Matthew McConaughey who all turned them down. Wow. I would, man, if I was famous, I would love to do shit like that. That would be so much fun. Me too. Do one day of work and then you become this like thing in the movie. Oh my God. Did you see Joe Pesci in the background? Like that shit would be so fun for me. Yep. It's revealed in the DVD commentary that Emma Stone was actually originally cast to play the role of 406. Oh. oh, the girl in the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Wow. So she got quite a bit of a bump up there. That's awesome. She did. Yeah. That's funny. When Natalie was cast as coat check girl, and then they, when they saw her, she got moved up to um, Dottie West in the Patsy and Loretta movie she did on Lifetime. So like nice. she went from like this one, like one line of dialogue to like being a country music hall of famer. Nice. Yeah, it was wild. So the movie was originally titled after the pilot, Another Day in Zombieland. That was the name of the TV show or what the TV show would have been, which makes sense because then every episode is a new day in Zombieland. But the studio was worried people would think it was a sequel. So they changed the name. So the supermarket scene is actually not filmed at an actual supermarket. It's a set built from scratch. Wow. To look like a real supermarket. So all of the glass, all of the like food behind glass is just printed on paper. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. So if you look close, you can tell that it's just not real at all. Um, It was shot in 42 days. Wow. That's fast. And actually, even though a lot of this takes place in Los Angeles, a lot of it was filmed in Georgia. So the amusement park is actually Wild Adventures theme park in Velasta, Georgia. Yeah. And the mansion they use for Bill Murray's house is actually Lena Jar's house in Buckhead, just like a section of Atlanta. Yeah, Buckhead's a nice area of Atlanta. And they even used his cars in the garage. So they just got, it was like his personal episode of Cribs. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Now, we have covered, mostly on Romancing the Pod, multiple scripts that entered into the blacklist in 2008. All of those films were terrible that we have covered from that year of the blacklist. Was this a blacklist 2008? This is a blacklist 2007. Ah, that's how it's still Ah. decent. (laughs) That's how it's still decent. In the trailers, they actually made up a bunch of other rules that never factor into the movie. And they are as follows. Rule number 12, bounty, as in bounty paper towels. And the quote that goes along with it is, if there's one way to describe zombie land, it is moist. Uh, (laughs) Number 15 is bowling ball. And the quote that goes along with it is, nothing says massive head trauma like a bowling ball. (laughs) Number 29 is the buddy system. And that's basically everyone have each other's backs. Rule number six is cast iron skillet. Because if a zombie (laughs) takes one of these to the head, he ain't getting up. And rule number 33 is Swiss army knife. And the Swiss army use that knife for a reason. (laughs) And those are just extra that never make it into the movie. But right after filming concluded in 2009, Woody Harrelson attacked a photographer at LaGuardia Airport in New York City. Oh, no. After arriving there from L.A., uh, he blamed his actions on his character Tallahassee saying he was still not out of the character's head and acted on impulse and he basically says that he was startled by one of the paparazzi and he thought they were a zombie wow okay that seems like a really bad excuse it's a stretch (laughs) this movie has often been accused of stealing plot points from left for dead 2 Really? Yes. Okay. And the the game developers denied the studio permission to mention the game or the company 
in the opening or end credits, but didn't sue them. But it's been essentially agreements were reached that, yes, plot points were lifted from that game, but no legal action was taken. Wow. What? Okay. I played Left 4 Dead 2. I don't think I, so. I don't think it's that close, but yes, there was an actual like case about it. Interesting. Stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, in the script, the only name that remains the same from the original script to the final is Wichita. Columbus was originally Flagstaff. Tallahassee was originally Albuquerque. And Little Rock was originally Stillwater. Okay. Uh, And also Twinkies really are called Submarinos in Mexico. Oh, look at that. You're welcome. Uh, If you want to order the original dessert Twinkies are based on, those are actually called Airstreams. And those are your fun facts. Well, awesome. Thank you for those awesome fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So this movie came out in 2009. What do you think the production budget was for Zombieland? This is a big-ass movie. I'm going to say this is 60 mil. Okay. I'm going to say 45. All right. So the production budget for Zombieland in 2009 was $23.6 million. It was released on October 2nd, 2009, and it was number one in the box office that week. Number two was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I love Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. That does not at all surprise me. Uh, number three was Toy Story 3D Double Feature. Number four was Surrogates. And number five was The Invention of Lying. But what do you think Zombieland made its first weekend in the box office? And again, that was October 2nd, 2009. 30. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? No, I'm going to say 65. Okay, so it made $24.7 million yeah. in its first weekend out. What do you think it made for its total domestic run, though? It definitely made at least 100. I'm going to say 150 for its whole domestic run. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 120 for the domestic. Domestically, it made $75.5 million. Oh. And internationally, it made $26.6 million for a total of $102.2 million. This movie had an insane home market performance. It made an extra $53.7 million in home market, which is nuts for a home market. So it made... About $155 million if you combine the theatrical run, both domestic and internationally, and the home market performance. This movie made money, baby. Yeah. It did good. It's frustrating because there's a part of me that's like, this is studio blandness makes a zombie movie, but it does so well that it allows for a lot of other stuff to get made. Yeah. And like, it's that double-edged sword of like, I don't like the corporatization of it, but also that's it's why we get some of the smaller movies we get later. It's why we get warm bodies. It's why we get like all the cool stuff that comes after because people believe that zombies can make money. So and they did in this case. Yep. So that's your box office. Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale. Listeners, our scary scale is a scale of one to ten of how scary we found the film today. It's not a scale of quality, but just a scale of scary and how much we were scared. (laughs) watching it hence the name our one example is ghostbusters and our 10 example is texas chainsaw massacre or arachnophobia and our one example is night of the creeps page (laughs) (laughs) love that movie uh page what do you think wait 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 wait. can we all say it at once yes one One. it's absolutely a one everyone should watch this movie horror virgin horror fan watch this movie it's great but not at all scary Well, thanks for our scary scale. We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, the listeners made us watch Zombieland. What are you guys making us watch next week while we transition into Camp Horror? Camp Horror! Yeah, Camp 
which we announced last episode, so that's not a surprise. But we're moving into a new month, new theme. Horror virgins going to summer camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys make it as watch? Now, there is specifically a certain date that might occur next month. Uh, so that's going to be one of the movies, clearly. But first, we got to go to, like, the camp movie. The seminal camp horror movie. Oh. Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that is... Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Oh my God, we're finally doing Sleepaway Camp. Yes. yes. So your job next week is to put on very, very short shorts. Yes, because the eighties, absolutely, and get a T-shirt with your own name on it, <laughs> <laughs> and watch Sleepaway Camp. Also, perfect ass timing. My comic book finally dropped. Yeah, let's <gasps> talk about it. And it is camp horror themed. It was only six. I only I got six pages, a certain amount of panels, just to kind of like try and do a cool short story for Mutiny Magazine. But it is camp horror themed. So check that out. You could go to fairsquarecomics.com to order copies if you'd like. It's really cool. She it is great. Me. She showed it to us. It's amazing, guys. Check it out. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Actually, Mikey, there is a review that I want you to read. Have you seen it? I saw it this morning when I was looking at reviews. Mikey, it's the most recent one. You're specifically going to love it. So, Mikey, would you please bring up our reviews and read the most recent review? Commitment to the bit. It's not Alexa, Paige. God damn it, but still. It is still a commitment <laughs> to the bit. <laughs> So, Mikey, right. whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Little Miggy Max. Yep. Review entitled Mikey is the Best. So, clearly, you know where this is going. When I read this this morning, I couldn't stop from laughing. It was so funny. I mean, Paige, still very hurtful to me specifically, <laughs> but man, it's funny. I like how everyone is making fun of that we actually got a review from a child that was really sweet and funny, and then people are now parodying it. Actually, Mikey, when you're done reading this review, I have a fun fact about this review. Okay. I'm going to try to say it in my child voice. My name is Quentin. I am six, <laughs> almost seven. My dad listens to you all the time in the car. Yep. <laughs> His dad is Miggy Mac, who was a Patreon supporter. I know Miggy Mac. He's in the Discord talking all, all the time. Yep. <laughs> I like Mikey because he has the same name as my dad. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that was his real name. I didn't know Mikey was short for Miggy. <laughs> <laughs> I like his laugh. So do I. Todd voice makes my head hurt. Oh, man. <laughs> this is so painful. It hurts so much. It's just like, this is just like my voice. <sighs> Paige is also really funny and has good voice, but not Todd. <laughs> In case you don't remember from the sentence previous, Todd does not have a good voice is what he's saying. Doubling down. Todd voice sounds like nails on chalk. Oh, mm, harsh truths. Keep up the good work. P.S. My dad says Mikey killed Clint. <laughs> I hope that's not true. Killing is bad. Oh, wow. Five stars. Well, Quentin, thank you so much for that amazing five star, but very hurtful review. Quentin, there's something you need to know about killing and that it's totally okay if you are a Highlander and there can only be one. Yes. We're not from this planet. And one day, <laughs> Mikey and I will have to kill each other. Yeah. There can be only one. Only That's one. why it's a dying medium. <laughs> 
Yeah. Kids don't go to college to be Highlanders these days. Yeah. <laughs> so I, when I saw this review this morning, I noticed that Miggy Mac was talking in Discord. So I sent a message in the general chat about it. And he said his son, Quentin, actually wrote that review. He got him... <laughs> <laughs> he got him his own iTunes account so that he could download games and stuff. And he has like a budget for games or whatever. Like it's a parenting thing. I get it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he wanted to leave a review and he said, the voice thing is real. And he says, every time this is Mickey Mac saying this, every time I turn the pot on in the car, Quentin says at the, the this episode brought to you by audible part or you know the ad at the beginning of every episode quentin will yell oh daddy it's too loud (laughs) 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 so i thought it was a joke at first but when i messaged Mickey back about it he was like no this is 100 percent real do you like Uh, horror of course you do that's why you're listening to this podcast (laughs) this podcast is not for children not for content wise it's Todd's voice. Todd's <laughs> voice is bad for children. Wow. Shit, I just forgot. Miggy Mac, you got to take your son to the doctor. He may have cancer. <laughs> oh, Mikey, no. <laughs> I don't give people cancer. I cure it. That's what we learned from the last child review who hated my voice. That's true. It's just a painful process for his voice to root the cancer out of your body. Mm, doctors hate him for this one simple trick. <laughs> he just shows up to the oncology ward and he's just like, Hey, everybody, I'm Todd. Can't talk about cancer. <laughs> do you like cancer? Of course you do. That's why you're in the oncology world. <laughs> oh, like dozens of children's tears crying. It's his voice, mommy. It's his voice. Uh, what's your cancer shaking at you, dick? <laughs> what's your cancer shaking at you, prostate wise? <laughs> oh, man. I honestly am so sad right now. This is is just like my voice Like I talk like this all the time You're like Patch Adams if he was a child murderer (laughs) This cancer is brought to you by My voice (laughs) My voice Yeah. Voice fun fact My voice can kill whales At a hundred miles away (laughs) At a hundred swimming paces (laughs) So Quentin Thank you so much for uh, that painful Painful five star review And if you think I have a good voice, please leave us some reviews. I would appreciate that. You do have a good voice, Todd. These are just jokes. You have a voice uh, and a face and feet that were made for radio. My dad, when I was a kid, used to say, you have a face for radio. And I was so dumb, I thought it was a compliment until I was like 13. And I was like, oh, my dad's calling me ugly. We all do, Todd. That's why we're doing this this way. Yeah. And if you want to see our faces, sign up for the bonus episodes. We do those in video. We're eating tacos. Today we're eating tacos. Todd, you only get good reviews when someone I've dated and made angry vindictively posts them to make me upset. (laughs) (laughs) Commitment to the bit Commitment to the bit She's my favorite Guys, let's do some plugs Let's So guys, if you like this show But want to hear this power thruple On another movie review show About romance and romantic comedies Check out Romancing the Pod Where Mikey, Paige, and I break down And make fun of romantic movies It's a lot of fun, guys Check it out If you want to follow us on social Please do We are at Horror Virgin Or online at HorrorVirgin.com If you want to follow us all individually You can do that as well Paige is at Paige Wesley 
on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24, and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin, where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff, like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes, where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things, like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd awesome. Well, we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's, Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Fun fact, oh, Nick yeah? B had cancer and Todd's voice cured it. Hell yeah, it did. Thank <laughs> you, I like Paige. That Thank you're you. Welcome. And also, Nick B, you're welcome. This episode also brought to you by Ori. And Ori's great. We were stuck in the zombie apocalypse together, and I am just all over the place mentally. Like, I have ADHD. It's like a problem, right? And he's super loud, so the zombies always find him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then they die of cancer. Yeah. Oh. No, Ori has a, had a bunch of rules. I actually thought it was interesting that the, the rule right after they met me was, shut up, Todd. earplugs rule number 14 earplugs but Ori thank you so much for teaching me the rules to surviving a zombie apocalypse I greatly appreciate it Todd if this was Mad Max you would be the one on the speaker car just talking and this to like taunt our enemies (laughs) yes but on still on the bungees just like hey everybody this is today we're driving down the wasteland (laughs) what's your wasteland shaking at your dick (laughs) lines this wasteland brought to you by Audible (laughs) and then just Immortan Joe from the front is just like mediocre it's great I love it witness me this episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business and Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook so if you have any need for spiders, scorpion, centipede millipede or any other apede that you might Amila have the need for speed for peed for check out Brandon's Bug Business or Bug Cage Company on Facebook and they will ship you some bugs for practical or pranking purposes This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of Jessica Jones. Actually, they've moved on to Agent Carter because they got all the way through the Jessica Jones series. So it's bingeable because there's a bunch of episodes out there already. So guys, check out Kissing Jessica Jones on your favorite podcast app. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. The Facebook group thought I was doing very bad at possum facts, so they suggested a bunch of possum facts, and I forgot to save the thread. So that's your possum fact for this week. (laughs) I was given a bunch of possum facts, and I'm now going to have to go back and find it, unless one of you beautiful people tag me in that post again, and I can go see it. Eat trash, be free! We now return you to another dramatic episode of uh, The The Patreonicals. Welcome back to the new Patreonicals. The new Patreonicals. Okay. Um... 
most evil Matthew, who's like a total dick and posts on Facebook a lot. <laughs> He's not a dick on Facebook. Yeah, he is. He was like, oh, I don't like really like how the Patreonicals is going. And I was like, well, I'm in charge, so now you're the most evil Matthew. Again. <laughs> anyway, him and Kaylee, his hot but with pocket knives. Are beautiful and bad. My beautiful, beautiful and bad. And bad. Yeah. So they now have Isaac and a control caller and Domosaurus. Okay. And the heroes have fled. All of a sudden, a flying saucer lands in front of them. And it slowly, the ramp slowly comes down. It's got to go slow, though. You can't go fast. That technology hasn't been invented yet. And then uh, <laughs> Danielle, the moon queen, comes out with her... Uh, top general, Aaron. Okay. And they come out and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys, you guys did it. You restarted the timeline and everything's okay now. And then um, Domosaurus grabs Aaron with his tiny T-Rex arms and growls in her face. And uh, Isaac uh, throws control collars on Danielle and Aaron. <gasps> Both of them? Yes. Oh, and no. And then uh, Kaylee stabs Aaron in the foot <laughs> just because she's mean. Wow. And then most evil Matthew was like, now I'm in control of the moon people and I will use them for my nefarious plans. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because she was the head of the moon people. I forgot about that. Right. And the moon people return to the timeline like Dragon Ball Z when they, re re when they <laughs> wish on the Dragon Balls or whatever. Sure, we'll just steal more stuff. And then, okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So back in a safe house. Right. In Pittsburgh. Cut to the Pittsburgh safe house. Yeah, the greater Pittsburgh area, like a suburb, but it just looks like a regular neighborhood, but like nice, no wood paneling. <laughs> rude. How rude. <laughs> Kate and Karun uh, are talking, and Karun's like, I've taken kind of a backseat in the podcast for a long time, and this is my time to shine. I've got to rescue my friend Domosaurus. And Dave comes in, and Dave's like, I'm so sick of all of this. I thought we were going to live normal lives. And, and Karun shot him with a shotgun, just shoots him with a shotgun. And he's like, shut up, Dave, and oh shoots him in a shotgun. Damn. That's brutal. He said, he said you should have K-run. <laughs> I K-ran. I, I ran, ran so far away. I love it. And Eddie is talking to the, the, the dogs of the neighborhood that he's gathered around, and he has them standing lookout. And Sasha was helping him because they're like still kind of together, but they're not as evil and they're kind of figuring things out. And so they're kind of like having a weird like DTR talk in the front yard. And that's kind of we're just going to leave them doing that today. Yeah. Like she comes over. They have a six hour conversation. And at the end of it, we're pretty sure it's going to last this time. All right. <laughs> OK. So anyway, Amy comes up and she uh, comes up and she's with Scott. He's still made of rocks. And he's like, man, this sucks. Like everybody else got like a normal restart. And I'm still like the thing, the Fantastic Four thing, but different enough so as not to be sued by the whoever owns the fa Fantastic Four property. Yeah, it's Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and so Kate comes up and he, he, he and then they're like, we've got to stop them, right? But like we know what happens in this. Like it's all gonna get bad shit. Wait, let's make. We need to make a spaceship. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, uh, and so that they start formulating a plan to go back to Cape Canaveral to make a spaceship. But also they're like Amy and. Scott are going to do that, but like they need to find Most Evil Matthew. They don't know where he is. Right. Uh, and so Because they like, fleed from him last episode. Yes. If we go to space and use satellites and some shit, we maybe we'll be able to find him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, they're like, okay, well, Amy's like, I've got some connections in the biz, space biz. Yeah, that, she refers to astronauting as the biz. We've got to go out west to SpaceX headquarters. Austin, I think. 
Sure, we'll go to Austin then. And that's where we're headed. <laughs> the end. <sighs> all right. What's going to happen now that most evil Matthew has control of all of the moon people? Will that become a problem when Amy and Scott go to space? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The, the Patrioticals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Have an amazing week. Bye. Thrill me. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. I couldn't help it. Zombie nerds.